the team at CTS, this is the Train Ride Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Hillary Allen, your host for the running edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of running to bring you actionable training tips you can apply to your training. Make sure to also listen to our cycling edition of the show with my co-host, Coach Adam Pulford, which alternates weekly with these running episodes. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. This episode of the Train Right Podcast is brought to you by Viome. Viome helps you take control of your health so you can improve your energy, inflammation, and your immune system. Viome's award-winning at-home tests measures your cellular, mitochondrial, and microbiome health, giving you powerful insights with over 30 health scores. Then they help to nourish you by providing precise whole food recommendations as well as supplements based on your unique biology at the molecular level. And finally, watch your health scores improve over time by subscribing to Precision Supplements, following your food recommendations, and then retesting. Viome has partnered with the Mayo Clinic, United Health Group, GSK, and many others. It's also used by Olympic gold medalists and elite professional athletes. Go to Viome.com and learn how you can get your unique insights for better health and wellness. Don't forget to use promo code TRAINRIGHT at checkout and save $10 on your first purchase. Hi, and welcome to the Train Right Podcast. Today's guest, we have Levi Younger. Levi is a rolfer, a form of somatic therapy, who lives in Bend, Oregon. He ran track and cross country at Portland State University and started running shorter ultra races, these 50-kilometer and mountain races, um, in his home state of Alaska after graduating. His interest in rolfing and somatic therapy started in 2015 after he broke his thoracic vertebrae and his back playing recreational hockey. His search for a solution landed him in a rolfer's office after trying countless other modalities to remedy his pain. Levi opened his practice in Boulder, Colorado in 2017, and he has worked with countless runners from elite level and ultra mountain runners to to Olympians to average Joes. He's currently pursuing a master's degree in clinical counseling from Oregon State University in Bend, Oregon, and will be opening a practice there in 2022, combining somatic therapy, coaching, and clinical counseling. So we'll get into kind of how I met Levi. Um, but Levi, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks uh, for putting up with the, <laughs> the intro. But yeah. um <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so, uh, I mean, I met you, let's see, back in, what, 2000, I think, 17, 2018? Yeah, somewhere in there, I think, like, the winter of yeah. 2017. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll get we'll get more into this, and um, this is actually, this is my first introduction to, to Rolfing, so I guess that's kind of where I want to start. Um, can you tell me what is Rolfing? Yeah, so uh, rolfing is a, a form of somatic therapy, and um, really the the kind of the genesis is um, this uh, doctor in the 30s and 40s, 50s, named Ida Rolf, um, came up with this really ingenious way of looking at the body and working with the body that was very much hands-on, um, 
kind of doing, you know, what appears to be massage, but is more focused on like tapping any nervous system, working with kind of your fascia muscles, um, and really like in, in her eyes, kind of helping people with imbalances and helping them kind of live their best life in their body. So she kind of came up with this whole way of looking at the body that was kind of different than a lot of like the massage therapy or even rehab stuff that was going on um, in kind of the fifties and sixties when she started to really put this together and she just started a school of, of um, what she called uh, well, they ended up being called rolfing. So that's kind of where it started and, and that's kind of how it entered the world. <laughs> and so, I mean, I typically, when you first, I mean, we can get into kind of like how we met. Um, but when I think you came to me, I had this pretty bad accident and a series of injuries. And um, I was kind of going down the traditional route of um, seeking physical therapists. And of course, I mean, I've talked, um, I, I, I talk very highly of the of the PTs that I've worked with, because um, I felt like it was more of not only just working with the the injuries and like range of motion, but it was also more psychological and all of the, all of these things. But I was still dealing a lot with um, like pain management and these, I kind of met you a bit later into my recovery. Um, but I was still having a lot of trouble. Like I was learning how to walk again. And um, I like, like kind of this inexplicable pain and favoring of one side, even though I technically didn't kind of have, uh, an issue anymore. Like everything seemed fine from a medical standard, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to kind of get work past this, um, this kind of this barrier that I had. And I mean, I was, I remember I was just kind of like looking for more resources, but kind of coming up empty handed. And I, then I thought it was like me. <laughs> and then you <laughs> messaged me out of the blue and like told me about Rolfing. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I honestly thought it had a bad reputation for like being super painful and, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a lot of stuff you said that is really kind of jogging my memory. Cause it's, I mean, it's been a while and, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it is, it's, I think one of those things that I hear, you know, um, key points of, of your story here and a lot of other people's stories too. And, and, you know, that can kind of boil down to like, well, you know, everything's fine according to, you know, like my x-rays and those are all good. You know, like my PT says I'm looking really good, um, but I'm just not feeling good. Like there's just this kind of inexplicable something and it does, it starts to kind of make you think like, is there something wrong with me? And, you know, and people can do that. They go to a chiropractor or PT and, and nothing against them, but, you know, maybe they're like, okay, this, you know, this is going to fix your hip. It'll make it better. This drill. And when it doesn't, you can have this kind of like, well, maybe I'm the person, like, this injury is so big or so, something's so wrong that like it's unfixable. And, yeah. you know, like I, so I think I kind of heard a lot of that. Um, you know, I was, I, was I, I watched a video you did and I was just like, man, like I'm here. Like, why don't I try to get, you know, take a stab at it. And I was like really amazed that you messaged me back. You're like, yeah, that sounds great. Like what? So <laughs> you know, I was excited. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this, 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 you know, like high level athletes willing to take like a chance on this kind of fringe thing. And I think even that kind of points to like, you know, maybe to where you're at with, you know, your injuries and stuff that you're willing to kind of just be like, I don't care what this is, even if it sounds kind of like might, might be painful. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. 
So that was mm -hmm. interesting to me. Well, I mean, I think we've always had a pretty good um, balance. I think you come maybe, this is going to sound funny, but I come more from a hard science background um, and you come more from this like, ooey gooey like <laughs> like <laughs> Hillary like actually listen to your emotions and what they're telling you and not like what the science says so like you actually challenged me in a good way but I think sure. the reason I was able to come to you is because yes I have that hard science background I have a master's degree in neuroscience and physiology I understand how the body works but then I also have this understanding of human psyche and like the injury really taught me that that emotions are real and pain is real. And a big part of pain is psychological, meaning that we don't completely understand the mechanisms behind it. And a lot of it, and like I come from, you know, like I, I learned a lot in neuroscience that like what you think, like thoughts can be real and you can like manifest it into like a physical thing in your body. And so I think that's actually... um kind of what allowed me to to be like okay like this is real like let's figure out a way i might not like it but like let's figure out a way to to work through this right. and you know on your 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 table <laughs> well you know i think that 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 really points to some of the the areas of you know and again this isn't really in so much like rolfing as you know we're starting to talk about just um the general, like the, the era, like the frontier of, of like rehab and PT and all that kind of stuff. Um, what we're looking at is like pain is this kind of crazy thing that honestly, not a lot of people understand. You know, if, if you listen to some of the, the best and brightest uh, pain researchers, and for some reason they all seem to come out of Australia. Um, a lot of them <laughs> tell you, like, we don't really know, you know, and, and again, you have a master's in, in, in neuroscience, like, so the idea of me being able to teach anything at first, to me, it was like nuts. I'm like, there's no way that I can possibly say anything that the person doesn't already know, you know, heaps more than me. Like she could just like, and yet, you know, as we're, we're talking here, it's, you know, it's clear that like I had something to offer. And I think the biggest piece of that is exactly what you just said, like, you know, not only do thoughts and, and feelings, you know, like, all, like have, you know, like a, a, a physical component, they always do that there's always a physical component, you know, I think this may be, I, I've given this example to people some, you know, pretty often. And it's, um, if a really good example of this is uh, sexual arousal, right? <laughs> you can go from, yeah. from having this thought in <laughs> this cascade of stuff happens sometimes very quickly. And suddenly your body is like doing stuff kind of outside of your <laughs> control. You're just like, huh? Well, and that's just what I thought. I mean, that's something that's you're literally imagining something in your brain that doesn't exist, and suddenly you have your entire body is doing stuff outside of kind of oh your conscious God. control, and you're just like, huh? And that's just like that's like you know the most obvious you know example, man. But that happens literally all day, twenty four seven. There is no time that you can kind of like step into your brain only or just into your body. There's always they're communicating because they're the same unit, you know, just different. We've yeah. labeled them different things. So, yeah, I mean, that was the thing that really intrigued me was like getting into that kind of study and being like, huh, we should probably focus on this a little bit. So. Yeah. But um, so, I mean, like, okay. So, I mean, I, I guess we, so for me particular, I mean, I guess we could share a little bit about my story if, if you think that that's like relevant. Um, But again, I just like to kind of like discuss 
this relationship between psychological and physical pain. And I think for from your perspective, it's like it's really interesting, like what like what is pain, um, chronic or other? Because I feel like um, I mean, as a runner and athletes, I think you uh, running necessarily isn't. I mean, it's it's a little bit painful, right? Like pain management is kind of part of this idea of getting more fit. Um, you know, intervals aren't comfortable. Running isn't always comfortable. Like running uphill certainly doesn't feel like I wouldn't describe it as feeling great. Um, but like, I guess the more comfortable you are with it, it does become that way. But then if you're dealing with a kind of a little injury, there's always this, this push pull between pain and yeah. So I guess to kind of like, just like talk about this, like what, what is pain and what is chronic pain from your perspective? Well, the first thing I want to, you know, kind of touch on is like one runners to me are some of the most resilient kind of like yeah it's it's nuts like it seems like a lot of other sports like running is their punishment and yet we have an entire sport where people do this for fun um and i've gone on you know way too many runs with you where i'm just like how is she that far ahead like she must really <laughs> enjoy this on a level that i can't even begin to understand so there yeah i think you know like it's worth noting that some of the at least in America, some of like the, you know, the, the pioneers of, of the ultra running world were like former meth heads or, you know, these people that had these like just wild stories. And so like their concept of what hurts, what feels good, what well, very skewed, I would say, you know, like, so it's, it's kind of, I think that's worth noting is because we have this heritage of like, it's kind of nuts. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, what, what is pain? I mean, first of all I'll say like you know you 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 are asking me which is kind of you know nuts like I would say like um I feel wildly underqualified to answer that question but what I what I've gathered at least from from what I've studied and what I've listened to and, and kind of what I've seen working with people is you know yeah if I if I you know break my leg or now I guess I'll tear a muscle it's going to be pretty painful right and we assume that like anytime we feel pain something has to be broken or have to be injured. And what a lot of like the pain neuroscience research shows us is that's not necessarily true. Uh, and I want to say that, you know, it doesn't mean that like, you know, there's no such as injuries. I mean, I've, you know, my dad ruptured his Achilles tendon when he, when I was in, in elementary school, that's a real injury. Like you can't just walk yeah. that off, you know, but what's crazy is he said it wasn't actually that painful which to me is like, what? Like I've talked to him recently and he was like, yeah, I mean, it was just uncomfortable because I tried to stand up and I couldn't. He was like, it's actually more <laughs> painful after all these surgeries and stuff, but the injury itself didn't really hurt. Um, huh. And, you know, you get into stuff where, where certain people will also, um, you know, they have excruciating pain and there's not anything that we can like find on like imaging or, or testing or that shows why, they're in pain. And there was this kind mm -hmm. of a cool study, I think, I can't remember, it's out of a university in, in Canada, but they looked at a lot of people with, you know, low back pain and or no low back pain, you know, both groups. And then they looked at the imaging up from their backs and, you know, they assumed it'd be pretty ordered. Like everyone who's in excruciating pain is going to have some, you know, like lots of like degenerative discs and herniated discs and all stuff and mm -hmm. vice versa. And what they found is like, there was not a very strong correlation. You had people that were like old and had like horrific looking images and they were like reported feeling fine and super active. And then you had <laughs> on the flip side, like really young 
people who, you know, the imaging of their back was like, yeah, maybe they have like a little bit of a, you know, like weird curve here, but they're in like excruciating pain all the time. And so like the researchers were just like, uh, what do we do with this? Like this, yeah. this, this doesn't make any sense. And, you know, they've tried to study that a little more. And like I said, there's some pretty good pain science research going on in Australia, but yeah. To me, that kind of points out like, you know, no one really knows what pain is. No one really knows what chronic pain is. I would say chronic pain tends to be stuff that sticks around, uh, you know, three, four weeks and in, in beyond where it becomes this this cycle of, of something that doesn't really seem to go away and doesn't really seem to match like a healing. Like, you know, if you injured yourself after about six weeks, a lot of things can heal themselves in your body. And so if it's still painful after six weeks, that kind of points to, even to me, like that doesn't make sense. And I think, you know, that might kind of ties into like your story too, of like you were pretty much healed technically and had a lot of time mm -hmm. and yet still stuff didn't feel very good. Yeah. And this is the interesting part. And this is kind of like what you taught me a lot. Um, and like conversations I had with my PTs of like, you know, I would look at the literature and be like, okay, bone healing or ligament healing like takes X amount of time. So technically this stuff is, is, is quote unquote healed. So that would give me some yeah, confidence. Yeah, technically it's good. Technically it's good. But then I was still having these like, especially on my right side where I had broken my foot and like ruptured a major ligament. Like psychologically, I hadn't used that limb for three months. And so walking, starting to walk again. I was favoring that side. Like psychologically, I still had an injury. Like I was like timid on that side. And time and time again, many people that I've that I've run into, um, you know, at like, you know, who've, who've told me about injury stories that they've had or injury recovery, they always talk about this idea of confidence. And they talk about this idea of, okay, like I feel not confident anymore. It's like, uh, jumping's hard for me if they're, you know, dealing with like, you know, something with their feet or their knees or their ankles in particular. They're like, I'm having trouble with confidence running downhill. Like, and that's not because they're still injured physically. It's because mentally there's this block. And I was dealing with a lot of that because I feel like, especially as runners and with injuries, um, like you, you get this, like running can be a release, right? And when you when you can't do the thing that you love, there's all of this like psychological blockage there. Um, because like you associate, at least for me, like as you know, as a professional runner, I was, you know, my a lot of my self worth was tied up in being able to run and to compete. And so then when I was having trouble with just walking with a, a normal gait, like there was a lot of like psychological blocks there. And um, I mean, yeah, like I'm a neuroscience, a neuroscientist, but like, the um, psychological aspect of like kind of like the I describe it as like the ooey gooey side of like not the hard science side of of neuroscience like chemistry and and biochemistry but the, um, the like how you feel and like the emotions behind um, you know the neuronal circuitry um, that's I feel like where you can actually get blocked the most and then therefore make the like the most gains when you kind of work through this stuff. Um, and so it's like what I was working with with you, um, you know, this, I would describe it as pain because I didn't really know what else to describe it as, but it was more of kind of like this psychological block. And I think that's actually really important um, for injury recovery. And so this is kind of something that's like, how do you propose? Because I mean, now with your new, basically you're going to combine 
rolfing coaching and, and clinical counseling. And so like, how do you propose to manage both sides of, of kind of this injury recovery, managing the, um, I don't know, the, 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 the science with the actual psychology? Sure. I mean, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I, I, you know, I think if anyone, you know, talks to me or, you know, reads some of the literature that I put out, you know, like I do a lot of like uh, social media stuff. It, the biggest takeaway is that, you know, this concept that there's like body pain and then a psychological pain, I think, yeah. or even that there's a body and then there's a mind and they're like these very distinct separate entities toss that out that idea they're black and white it, nothing's black and white it's, it's very much all shades of gray so and 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 i find myself talking like that all the time you know it's, it's part of our our culture we've, we've kind of accepted this very like my body's over here and then i live up my mind and and that's just kind of become mm-hmm. our cultural stuff so understanding that it's ingrained in us to see ourselves as these very distinct entities and we need to kind of overcome that and that's huge like that's great and to overcome you know years of of training and cultural like messaging um but something that that you know like can you just mentioned that is really important is yeah like that idea of oh my gosh like i'm a runner and specifically for you like i'm a professional runner like this is my livelihood this is my identity is wrapped up in mm-hmm. this injury and that's important because you know not only does it like we're saying like you know there's a psychological component but again there is a physical component to psychological stuff all the time, every time. Right. So as we kind of dive into what is pain, you know, it's not just like, Oh, I, you know, I have this, this cut, the nerves are kind of sending signals to my brain of like, this is pain. Really those nerves are sending signals of this is dangerous, you know, and, and you, yeah. it's interpreted with the big soup of everything that's going on in your brain and you know, history, identity. And then it comes out, and that's where we can have people who are like in the middle of a race, or like my body hurts so bad. Oh, and then I just flipped the switch because I imagined winning the race and I really wanted to do that. And suddenly it felt like it all went away. You know, so it's, it's cool mm-hmm. is when we start to understand how intertwined our body and our mind are and how pain arises out of that relationship together, we start to see that like it is vitally important to understand that your identity, you know, is, is being compromised because of this pain, like this, this injury. Yeah in the sense of whatever, and it's fostering more pain. So a good example of that is, is someone who, um, you know, who comes in with, okay, I'll give you this. I went to my, my grandma's house uh, for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. And, you know, she's, she's old, you know, and she's been told for years that her back is terrible and that she, you know, she's just like, basically she's an old crippled lady. And she's telling me this story and I'm sitting there kind of like, okay. And, you know, she can barely move in her table. And I put this like pin down because I was writing something down. It falls off the table in, in a fraction of a second. In between telling me how it should immobilize she is, she can't do anything. She bends over from a seated position, picks it up off the ground, puts it back on, and goes back to tell me how much she can't move. It's like she didn't <laughs> even realize how incredible and how mobile she is. She just did it and then put it back. And I just want to be like, so, you, Grandma, you can't move, but like, what was that? You know, like, <laughs> these stories that were told by, by, you know, the medical professionals who are just, you know, maybe they're having a bad day and just kind of let something slip. They become ingrained in us. And the story we tell ourselves comes ingrained in us. And that has like a, a, you know, kind of a flowing relationship with our pain. So as you're talking about kind of 
how you couldn't move on your side. How much of that is like, yeah, maybe in the beginning it, it did hurt. Like you're like, my right side really does, you know, like it does have this kind of like immobilized feeling because, you know, you were in cast and had pins and needles and, you know, just all this stuff like keeping you immobilized. But, you know, I think something we talked about in the beginning was like, you know, like, have you, have you tried using it? And like, yeah, I did it. But no, like, have mm-hmm. you like tried and had success and then felt that confidence restored in that area of your body? And you were like, I don't know, what what are you talking about? <laughs> I, you know, like, I remember you being very like, you're you're nuts, like what confidence, like, and so it's one of those things where like I think that combination of you know some of the stuff we were doing, just like you know like having conversations while doing a lot of like you know like physical hands-on work, like I was saying, like that massage style looking thing, mm-hmm. but also having these conversations around how you're actually feeling and connecting, you know, that sense of feeling inside you with what's going on. I think. Again, almost in some ways, like fostering that reconnection of the mind and the body together and realizing that it is a cohesive unit. And to me, I yeah. think that's kind of what really you know, like, excites me, not only about rolfing, but but any of these emerging uh, you know, PT and chiropractic schools that are like, we should probably do better at this. Yeah, I mean, and this is also something I felt like, um, ironically, it's like, one of the reasons why I get along, I've gotten along so well with my, with my PT people is like, they would point me to the, um, they'd point me to like the physical thing to do, right? The exercises. But then there was also a personal connection there. And so like, and I actually, so I think I was able, so I could like, you know, they would ask me how I was doing and like, you know, like I could, you know, this is a kind of the counseling aspect of it. And like, I cried many times in your office. I think <laughs> many times I tried, like, I tried yeah. to like, uh, I was, it was probably started as like angry crying. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I was like pissed because I was crying. And then like, <laughs> you were just like, okay, like Hillary, what's really going on here? You know, and I think you encouraged um, you encouraged that part of me to be able to kind of show up in, like, regardless of how I was feeling, like whether it was angry or sad, um, and show up in those emotions and have those be just as valid as the pain that I was going through, and that helped me in other kind of like the physical rehab of my injuries. Um, you know, like actually doing the exercises, like the traditional PT stuff, but like, that became more powerful because I was able to also acknowledge the psychological stuff that was also going on, like, um, these kind of like barriers that I had. And I mean, I think with you, when I was on, when like we were actually going through like the therapy, like I was having a lot of, um, you did a lot of manipulation with like, kind of like the skin. It's almost kind of like this, like pinching because, um, there's a ton of your sensory neurons. Like I like to say that um, people think of like, you know, your central nervous system as like your brain and the peripheral nervous system, like encapsulated safely in your spinal column and cord. But really your sensory neurons are accessible in your, like everywhere. That's like you touch your skin and that's them. Like you are full of sensory neurons. And so you're actually, I like to think of your peripheral nervous system, like your skin, like that's where all of these ion channels and these things and these receptors are kind of like located. They're right there. And so if you find a way to kind of manipulate them, and I remember you were doing that a lot with kind of just like touch or like, you know, like, I don't know, creating more space between, um, I don't even know exactly what you're doing. You can, you can explain it to me. It's cause like, I can think about it from like a scientific perspective, but like basically for me, how I thought about it is like on the scar side of my foot, 
there, a lot of those nerves were dead. And so it was painful because they were growing and I was like kind of learning to um, like reconnect, making those, those connections again, right? There's a lot of scar tissue there. So I feel like you're trying to kind of like create more awareness um, um, in order for those pathways to be quote unquote, like opened up again, if that makes any sense. Um, And yeah, so for me, it's like you're kind of creating like micro stresses at those points. Um, to tell my body like physically, like, okay, like this area needs to be woken up again, but that's like more of like the scientific way, but there also has to be like a psychological, um, pathway that's opened up again. And for me, it was important to kind of like bring awareness to this part of my body and be like, okay, like it was injured before, but like, you know, he does this. And then you had me like rock around the room and I like, it would feel differently because I was like aware of that part of my body in a different way. and that was just kind of mind blowing for me because it was like, I feel like I was just like reconceptualizing like this idea of like injury and um, like everything that I knew about like, you know, injuries and science, and like how the body worked, I felt was just kind of like, <laughs> like I knew it, yeah. like the mind powerful, but it like felt different. <laughs> sure. I, you know, I think that's really, you know, like that's one high praise. So thanks. But <laughs> Uh, one of the things that really interests me, you know, and something that really kind of stoked a lot of fires early on when I was like going through my own kind of training. And uh, I, yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that. Like, yeah, uh, I got into rolfing because I, yeah, when I broke my back, like I had the same thing. Like, yeah. I was, you know, I was a mess. So I, I was kind of, you know, seeing a lot of my own self and kind of some of the struggle you're going through and kind of getting it. I think that probably helped us kind of be you know i mean that's probably why we became friends anyway it's because we have similar ideas and stuff but one of the things that you just said that really like i think is cannot be overlooked is like yeah like the skin is this very 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 important sensory organism you know like or, or yeah on our body like right every like i would argue that that's you know like, it might be the most important thing when it comes to like massage or any sort of like touch oriented stuff, you know, we, we think about, Oh, I need to break up scar tissue. You know, like you can talk to just about anybody who really works in like a, a hardcore medical way, scar tissue. You have to break that up with like a scalpel. Right? You, can't, yeah. you can't just like scrape it with a tool and massage it. And it changes to me, the change that you're seeing is really kind of, you know, you're communicating with the nervous system in a very intimate way through the skin and then that's changing kind of this, you know, maybe the way that the it's allowing the elasticity of the skin to work, you know. So it's it's very much this mm-hmm. communicative process and less this kind of like I have this cold piece of Play-Doh that I need to like just smash out all the time, you know. And, and so, I mean, that we could go down that path of, of you know, like what does rolling do? What does stretching do? What does all this stuff do? And, mm-hmm. and I would say that most of the things that we've learned you know, in gym class or even from medical, you know, medical, but like rehab professionals is, is not exactly correct. Um, but what's more important to me, kind of what you're just mentioning is, is this, this reconnection, you know? And, and so for me, when I go to get a massage or whatever, in my mind, it feels a good massage feels good. Right. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of this information. So imagine the amount of positive kind of like 
I have some clients who used to call it like ooey gooey, you know, like, I don't really like those words because it's kind of weird to me, but that <laughs> sense of like, it, you know, it does, it feels good to feel good. Like you go in and sometimes you just want someone to put hands on you in like an affectionate way, you know, not in like a, you know, emotionally affectionate, but like, just kind of like, you feel comforted, you feel safe, you feel, yeah. and how mm-hmm. much, if you're having problems with your, your ankle, cause you know, you just got out of a boot and all this kind of stuff. How nice does it feel to have someone kind of take care of it and, and really put in these nice, like, uh, movements into your skin and into the kind of the underlying tissues that kind of changes the relationship with that piece of, of, of your body, because not only are you getting more information, so you're getting a bunch of feedback, you know, from all of this contact and movement that they're doing to it, but it also has like a positive connotation. And then at the same time, you're allowed to talk about it. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to like be pissed off and be like, this sucks. Like I'm so frustrated right now. If this ankle doesn't work out, you know, like, what's that going to do for my, my, my running? I'm not going to hang out with my friends who are also runners. Like, you're allowed to just kind of have this full-on human experience while kind of taking in, like you're saying, very physical information. And to me, that's kind yeah. of the magic of, of any kind of body work or any kind of rehab where they're, you know, they're working on your body is, is kind of getting to be human and all in that experience. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess it's kind of all these all these like topics that um, <laughs> I just wanted to discuss with you. But right. I mean, this is just this is just kind of this whole idea of like what is stress, and I think we define stress as like too often. I think we do, do we define it as like objectively. Um, I know I've fallen guilty to that, right? But like all of this stuff that like, I think I feel like a lot of my injury recovery was subjective stress. It was like, kind of like these emotions that I had like attached to them that um, led to even more stress and stress and then even more, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, even more, um, like an injured, quote unquote, like, um, part of me like it would it would kind of like manifest itself in these other injuries because it was all of this other kind of psychological stress that I was putting on myself and I feel like that's an important part of the work that you do is to be able to kind of like um I don't know reconceptualize stress and then how like you know how you're able to work through that and then get through these actually physical objective injuries um by dealing with all this these like subjective injuries that are kind of like a part of it sure yeah I mean to me I think we need to, to look at stress. Uh, that's kind of, to me, is like the, the, the hot topic we should really be focusing on in a lot of our sport yeah. training and, and rehab and all this kind of stuff. You know, if we can get away from this sense of like, you know, the body is this machine. I, I can say pretty confidently, no one has a machine for a body. And, and I've worked with some very high level Olympian runners and I can tell you that their body is not a machine. Like they're very capable of doing some very impressive things like times and in certain events where I'm like, that's insane. I can't even imagine running that fast for that long. It's not <laughs> right. Some of the stuff you do, I'm like, how in the, like, I'll text you. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I, I ran like three miles today. And I'm like a little tired because I'm out of it. And you're like dropping, you know, some crazy mountain run, you know, but you know, like I think, we need to stop seeing ourselves as machines. We're not, we're not, um, we're biological organisms. You know, we need to be Mm -hmm. taken care of. We need to have 
time for restoration where we can literally repair the damage that's happened. You know, like I, one of the examples I like to give people is like, imagine yourself as a, a houseplant. You know, if, if you're like, this houseplant <laughs> a machine, I'm just going to starve it of water because it's going to learn to, that might work a little bit depending on the plant you have. But if you just treat like these things like crap and don't give them food or water or sunlight or, or, you know, anything it needs, eventually it's going to start to get sick. And if, if you blame mm-hmm. like, oh, it must be stupid. It's not a good plant or, or what all these things that we could tell ourselves for why we're not succeeding, you know? And so I, I work with a lot of athletes who are, you know, they're, they're high end, you know, they're very, they're doing a lot of very intense stuff. And a lot of them are like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, female athletes, especially like, well, I don't, I don't have a period. I haven't had a period for three years. And I'm just like, Again, I don't want to sit here and mansplain this to you, but I got to say it probably doesn't sound good, right? Or, yeah. or you know, I, I haven't, you know, like I poop like once once a week and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> these kinds of things where, you know, like when you get into it, it seems it becomes very normalized where it's like these normal bodily functions are kind of getting thrown to the wayside. Oh, I can't digest food very well. I can't eat. And they give you this list of things they can't eat. And, you know, some of those may be allergies. But some of you are like, if you can't, you know, eat like an apple, like that seems maybe like something may be up with their digestive system. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm, what I'm kind of trying to point to is like, if we look at ourselves as this very complex system of systems, that's all kind of like interworking and, you know, everything's going together. Like it's, it's like, how, how do you isolate the nervous system? You know, it needs all these other mm-hmm. things to do what it does, right? It needs a vascular yeah. system for blood, you know, like all this kind of stuff. So trying to label like this one aspect of our body and isolate it, you know, it's, it's kind of nuts and stress impacts everything. So when you start to see all these like symptoms of a, a system in disarray, what really tells me it's the stress load of life is too much. And as runners, we like to be like, oh, well, running is, you know, like this good stress for me or it's this good thing. And then work is this bad, like psychological stress or like, you know, family stuff is bad stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I don't, I don't think your body and like your person in general is very good at discriminating between what's good and bad stress. It's just load. So if you're trying to train for the 5k, you know, like Olympic 5k, right. Or 5,000. That's a lot of, of yes, very like physical stress associated with, you know, stuff on your joints, you know, just the general, like your cardiovascular system is being taxed immensely, like you're saying, doing hmm. intervals, but then like that can't be separated and boxed out and kind of like, well, it's different than, you know, like my work stress or like my psychological stress or any of this kind of stuff. It's all stuff that mm-hmm. your body is having to, to withstand and not fall apart. Cause that's all really stress is. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing. I mean, and this is this is like I mean as a as a coach myself I mean this is something that I I think I deal with more commonly than and anything it's managing life stress it's managing these other stressors it's like I feel like you you know people can go down a dangerous road um uh, you know if they're trying to you know adhere to a certain diet train a certain number of hours uh you know like or run a certain number of miles like they're attached to this like you know to this figure or you know they have to perform this well and then they have to you know then they have family stress they have work stress like all of those things are stress and like half of those are kind of like psychological too and again it like right. kind of 
um, part of my work with you, I think it helped me kind of sort out what was psychological, like what I could control and um, or better ways to like manage the psychological stress and then reduce overall load on my body because, you know, that that weighs something, even though, you know, totally. my chem- the chemist, the chemist side of me is kind of just like, hey, what are you saying? <laughs> quantify this <laughs> okay, okay. But let me, let me, i think this is a this is a great point though it's like you know as we're talking here you know the chemist side of you is is you know very much interested in you know like okay when i have a thought though there is a physical component to that right i mean if i am thinking about so i had you know this is something i was kind of playing around with the, the other day it was like okay when I'm looking on Instagram, for example, you know, and I see someone's doing this really cool run and they're in this really awesome place and I'm sitting in my office because so I'm getting FOMO, right? What <laughs> does, but what does FOMO, we can say it's all oh, it's psychological, but I was like, there's a, like, I can feel something like a, like a almost like a gnawing sense of, of something in my stomach when I get FOMO or like, you know, like, <laughs> there's a physical component like our body registers these feelings these sensations even when i'm getting fomo looking at you know you running in france and i'm like that you know are you kidding me like her life is (laughs) sick like that's so sick oh she's gonna be a baguette after this like no screw this like but so it's not just it's just not this you know like abstract things that are happening in our head there's always stuff that's it's it's having physical manifestations every single time in your body. And, and I think that's important. Like if we can start to tap into that and feel that we'll be like, there's that, that component of like, Oh shit, like this is, uh, you know, like I'm a real human being and I have thoughts and feelings and I'm not a, a trainable machine who needs this exact diet and this exact thing to run this perfect race. It doesn't work like that. Hardly ever. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think it's so funny because, um, I mean, it was, I mean, it was quite painful, but not painful in the sense of like physical pain, like, you know, ow, but like it was, um, like this deeper, like how you just described this, like, you know, pit in your stomach or whatever sensation. It was just like deeper, painful awakening of self that I had to go through in order to, um, you know, and it's a continual process in order to kind of like work through these injuries because it's like, you know, I, I thought it was, okay, I need to deal with the physical thing and then I can get back to it and it'd be fine. Everything will be fine. Right. But like, that's not how it works. And I think that's like kind of the interesting work of what you do. And also what I do as a coach, it's like, that's the actually fun part is kind of like piecing these things together to figure out like, you know, what actually is that makes us like ticking complete human beings and that fostering that and taking care of that whole entity is quite difficult, but, and it's not straightforward, but that's actually what leads to longevity and PRs and all these kind of like tangible things that we're looking for. Um, It's kind of this like greater topic of like, you know, happiness, I think in, in a way. Um, And I, I feel like it's like, you know, what people are, what people are trying to, figure out, like get their life back together. Um, like, you know, and, and they're focusing on this physical thing, like an injury, but really it's kind of this more, this more complex, um, right. This complex situation. It makes yeah. me think of, um, okay. The first thing is like, uh, it's kind of tangential, but like, just <laughs> when people ask me like, okay, well, like I, I can't find a role for my area or uh, that's not really something I'm interested in. I'm like, oh, cool. 
don't even focus on rolfing, right? It, it, I, I think it's great, but there's so much out there. Find a coach, yeah. find a rehab professional who treats you like a human being and not just like, they're not a mechanic. So if they talk about your body, like it's your body over there and bring your body in and I'm going to, you know, do some things here and this, this, and this, and then get you out of here. You'd be fine. Go find someone yeah. else. Find someone that's like, who's willing to sit down, who has time to sit down with you and be like, okay, you know, why is this important to you? And, you know, really mm -hmm. treat you like a human being and, and the injuries and the pain, that kind of stuff is kind of like, not secondary, but it's, it comes with the territory of working with you first. So yeah, have someone, you can mm -hmm. find someone who's just like, you know, like, yeah, you have some goals. Great. How can we get there? Great. You know, like, what are some issues you have? What are this, you know, that treats you like you deserve to be treated. And, and I think that's something that um, there's a lot of really good, I'm not just saying there's a lot of good research out there that points to why that's important and how it, mm -hmm. it positively affects outcomes. So it's not just me saying that because I'm a, a gooey guy, right? <laughs> it's, there's, it's, it's well, the research out there is emerging. It's great. It's, it points to, yeah, being like a, a good human being first is like super important. And I don't know why it take, takes us like, you know, loads of research and money to figure out something that's so obvious, but we do. Um, but oh, okay. Man, so one no. of the things that, that really strikes me is like the, I don't know if it was your first or your second race that you did when you ran at, in, uh, in California at the what, broken arrow. Yeah. So right? technically that was my first race back. I, I did the vertical kilometer, which was technically my first race. And the next day I did the 50 kilometer. Right. And okay. What struck you me. You had to so force me to do that. I remember talking with you and you were just like, Hillary, just rip off the bandaid, freaking do it. And I was like, no, I'm scared. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. But, but think about it. you, you'd had, you'd had so much uh, time and, and so many people were like, listen, like we literally can't find anything wrong with you. And like, I'd watched you crush workouts, not even just like hobble through them and like, that's fine. But like, you just, you annihilated some like very key workouts and, and <laughs> made me look like an idiot in a lot of different runs that we've done. And I thought I, at the time I was in, I was in pretty good mountain shape, you know, like I still had some things I was working on, but I was like, I'm, I'm confident I might go keep up. And I remember you dusted me up the side of like shadow Canyon and, and Boulder. And I was just like, yeah, no, that's she's, she's back. And you just didn't <laughs> want to, but you, you know, I think you had some, you know, some of your coaches, me, some really key individuals who were like, okay, just try it out. You know, even like if you just yeah. go and we all kind of knew like, there is no, just like, just go have fun, you know, just fun run this for you. It's like, you're good into it. You may do that for the first 10 minutes. You're like, nah, screw this. I'm a, I got to beat this person. And, crush and these girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in, in that idea of, you know, like really in, 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 I think, I was excited to see how your perspective had changed, you know, less like I'm a machine. You'd clearly been shown that you're not a machine. You have a lot of, of soft spots that if injured, you know, you're, so you'd been shown that you were not a machine, you're human. Um, but now you had this confidence and I remember like looking at the finished photos and you're just like bawling your eyes out. And to me, that was like such an important moment. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like this is like, this is not just like, Oh, I want, you know, like I got to like be in a race. It's like, you got to do what you really enjoy doing. And, and I think that's the component to it. That's so important is that if you're not having fun and, you know, running is fun is a, you know, very, very different word for a lot of people, but you have to have that joy as like a human being and have, you know, like connection and like purpose. You can't just be like, I've got to win this race. Cause that's, 
then you just go down a yeah. weird path where you're like addicted to it and like you know you're just running for so it's cool like you got to i think I think something you told me towards the end of our work was like i don't feel like i'm the same person anymore and i think that's a good thing or something like that where it was just it was like very touching yeah. to hear and, and also to realize that like you'd kind of come through this like transformed and into like a, a kind of a different person absolutely and i think you love to hear that the most it's like it's kind of like you said, I think it, I, I kind of thought about it as like energy in energy out, like Hillary is robot, but like, you know, it's like very yeah. like scientific, right. But at the end of it, I think like literally um, that race in particular, like I had to like, kind of like let go any like expectation of like, you know, competition or results or these tangible kind of things and really hold on to the emotional like process and the emotional journey. And that's why I wanted to get back to running. And I feel like if you embrace more of this kind of like holistic approach to injury recovery and um, not even just if you're recovering from injury, like holistic approach of being a complete human, um, you know, and the ups and downs that that always entails um, through a training cycle or um, whatever, you can kind of tap into these different um, experiences and it um, can bring a whole new perspective and enjoy to the thing that you love doing. And I feel like, that's where I became this kind of quote unquote, like new person um, where I was able to um, get in touch with more of a, uh, of an emotional side of things and not just kind of like the hard numbers and from a training perspective of, of running. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think you already answered this question, but I mean, kind of just like for, for closing, cause I think we like talked about a lot of different stuff and there's a lot of good like tidbits to kind of continue to think on here. Um, but like, what is, what is your best advice for athletes who are recovering from injury, chronic pain, or, um, you know, just, I don't know, like, it doesn't even have to be from injury, but are just like trying to kind of get through these, these hurdles in life. Yeah. You know, I think it, you kind of already put a little bit of an, you know, like an answer to it. And so it's nice because you now I can <laughs> say that this is officially sponsored. This message is is officially sponsored by at least one professional athlete. Um, it's just to, to listen to yourself, right? Like understand that you are not a, uh, a biomechanical machine. You know, like you have all of these very important components that are not, you can't cut them out and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to like think today. Good luck. You know, it's like you have all this stuff. So, if you're looking to, to again, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be get better. It doesn't have to be faster. It can just be like, if you want to feel more human, if you want to uh, be healthier, you know, in the sense of like a general wholeness and healthiness to your body as in, you know, go back to that houseplant idea. It's uh, how would you treat a houseplant, you know, talk nice to it, give it what it needs as much as possible. Don't stress it until it's like, withered and dead and like yeah now it's really now it's really having an experience like no like treat yourself like that plant like water it you know give it sleep don't drink too much booze drink enough to make you feel good uh you know <laughs> have relationships with people both you know intimate ones and very like you know like what, whatever you got like don't uh, store yourself away in kind of this like athlete's closet and only unpack yourself for like races or training and then go back to like that thing if you're if you're crushing netflix you know and eating a very stringent diet not talking to anybody that's probably not a good idea you know like i, I want <laughs> everybody to 
I want everyone to have the same kind of joy that you have like when you run and kind of, I think that's why I point a lot of people in your direction is just kind of like, Hey, look how much fun she's having and she can take it seriously. But at the same time, she's got this level of humility and kind of, she understands that she needs to be real first and then an athlete kind of come second. So that's probably my best advice that I could give. <laughs> oh man, this is like throw me down memory lane. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but no thanks levi i mean thanks so much for um for talking today i mean i feel like it, this is just a good reminder it's just that like i mean like you said like we're not robots um and i think as you know as as much as i was looking for like a tangible solution when i walked through your door and like you know kind of like looking at rolfing rolfing it was like um it was i i came across something that i just didn't expect and it was more of the whole like psychological um peace and the um that I still take with me today even if I'm you know whether I'm struggling through an injury or just kind of like a hard part in my life it's like opening up that part of me um to uh to kind of work through that whole process and kind of um I think that's it might be scarier at least it was scary for me at first <laughs> um but, <laughs> but it's like it's totally worthwhile and I think uh, it's a good reminder for everyone to be able to like you know that that's a super important part if not I, I would think a more important part of, of, of an athlete, of a person is um, paying attention to kind of like the non-tangible, non-quantifiable um, parts of you. I couldn't um, have said it better myself. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for taking the time today. And um, I guess, uh, you know, I can include your, your info on like, you know, in the cliff notes of this podcast, but if people are kind of, I know you're in school right now, but uh he, yeah, like where, where's, where's some things that um, people can find more information about you or Rolfing in general? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you can always, for Rolfing, you can always look at like the, look up the Dr. Ida P. Rolf um, Institute. It's in, it's in Boulder. Um, there's a lot of good information on their website. Um, for me, you can always find me, guys, the best ways on Instagram, um, Levity Rolfing. Um, and feel free to shoot me like a, a direct message. And if you have any questions, that kind of stuff, there's a lot of information on there and I'm, I'm more than happy to direct people towards, you know, better information. I would say smarter people who have more comprehensive messaging and, and understand things a little better. So, um, that's where they can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks cool. so much, Levi. And yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being yeah. on here. It's kind of surreal to be honest. <laughs> absolutely um yeah and you have a good day enjoy oregon and hopefully see you soon in colorado so we can crush some mountains together yeah i look forward to getting crushed by you for sure thanks for joining us this week on the train right podcast we hope you enjoyed the show make sure to visit our website at trainright.com podcast you can find social links and more information from our guests and you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show you can leave us a rating on iTunes there too. Until next time, hope to see you guys soon.